Hi, Priscilla McKinney here, Mama Bird and CEO at Little Bird Marketing. I'm so excited to announce finally, my book is out. Collaboration is the new competition. Why the future of work rewards a cross-pollinating hive mind and how not to get left behind. So what's the book about? (laughs) The impetus was really about a gap that I saw in the business vernacular about how we need to work together to get ahead and have much bigger wins. I think it's super important right now because there is a growing need for collaboration in the business world. And I made this book super practical. In fact, the chapters tell you how many minutes it's going to take for you to get through them. I know you're busy, but these kinds of ideas are going to, I hope, permeate into your thought process and help you get ahead quicker. The first part of the book is about what is the state of affairs in business and why I believe collaboration is really needed. And it also goes on to explain these are the fundamentals that need to happen so you can have collaboration. So once you set yourself up for the win, then It's not always smooth sailing. And I finished the last half of the book giving you seven different anchors that you can use as a practical tool in order to make sure you stay on course. So in a time when business has never been more complicated, this book offers a fresh and, in my opinion, much needed perspective. It moves away from that idea of linear success and instead brings people together to give you a competitive advantage. Visit PriscillaMcKinney.com for more information. Hello and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. I'm Priscilla McKinney with you as always. I am the Mama Bird and CEO here. And with me today, I have Jennifer Reed. Jennifer is the co-CEO and chief mythologist at Rival Group. And you are going to love hearing from her because we have not had enough people on this podcast coming and talking to us about Gen Z. And this is an important topic and she has an important expertise here. But first, if you don't know who the rival group is, first of all, what rock are you living under? And secondly, we're going to let Jennifer tell you a little bit about them. But before, let me tell you a little bit about Jennifer Reed. Like I said, she's the co-CEO over there at the rival group. She is a pioneer in online research methodologies. And I know that at this point, it feels like, duh, we all are online. But these companies that really pioneered this way really still have a different perspective and continue to innovate. And you're going to hear that in our conversation. She was with uh, Rival when it was the Angus Reed Group in 1998. And she was instrumental in building Canada's first online research panel. So if you need expertise like this, Jennifer is the person to contact and you can catch her at Jennifer Reed and that's J-E-N-I-F-E-R-E-I-D on LinkedIn. But she joined Vision Critical at some point and she was in the executive leadership there, really was working on strategy and developing methodology that really innovated in this industry at a critical time. And now she, again, is back on the cutting edge, just in a different way, helping us understand what the future of insights looks like. And those all sound like cliches until you understand her expertise. So Jennifer, welcome to the show. 
Thanks so much, Priscilla. I love that sort of in that intro, I started with the Angus Reed group in the 90s. Angus Reed is my father. So I feel like I started with the Angus Reed group from pretty much from birth. I was born into this industry. And I think it gives me a perspective because I really have been around long enough to have remembered when we used to do it with punch cards and paper surveys and caddy and living through all of the different phases of the methodology that we all depend on and use on a day-to-day basis is giving me a perspective that not very many other people have. A hundred percent. I think that is so key. And like I said, they'd have to be living on a rock to not know what the Reed family has done in this industry. But now there's a large group of different companies that work under this Aegis. And so tell us a little bit though, about the methodology and the technology as it stands today from your point of view. Yeah, you bet. And I think it's interesting when you said this idea of innovating in online research and coming from that piece and how can we still be innovating in something we've been doing for more than 20 years. I think at Rival Group, the beginning of that company really was asking, as we have really moved into using mobile devices and messaging and SMS in our daily lives. That's how we communicate with each other on a day-to-day basis. It's increasingly how brands talk to their customers. How can we bring research not only online, but into sort of truly the mobile web? And that's really at the heart of what it is that we try to do from a technological perspective in continuing to push. So tell us a little bit about that. Now, it seems obvious to people, yeah, we're mobile. Okay, there was a time when that was not how we led people. But tell me about this interest right now and where the innovation is going in terms of mobile, in terms of the fast and very personal, very connected type of insights. Yeah, there's a really great article And the name just totally escaped me. It'll come to me in one minute, but really talks about how your mobile device is your most trusted device. And so we really want to be collecting insight on that device. So everything that we build is being built for the mobile web first. Certainly it works on a desktop or a laptop or a tablet, but as opposed to taking something and trying to cram it onto a phone, we start with the phone as the place that we really want to have that connection. But it's more than just technology. Like what we're seeing when we do that is, and I'll give us a segue into Gen Z in one second, but what we see when we do that is that people are just, they're a lot more honest, they're a lot more verbose in their responses. We get really great response because we can jump into all those micro moments that exist. Think about all the times that you pull out your phone because you've got five minutes waiting for the pasta water to boil or you're sitting in the back of an Uber. Those are the places that we want to be on a day-to-day basis. And that extends even more when we start thinking about Gen Zs. I would say the number one thing when I talk to clients or prospects or other people in the industry, when you say, what are your pain points? Their pain points are we're struggling to connect with Gen Zs. So that sort of 14 to 24-year-old age group. And if you're not on a mobile device and you're not connecting with them through SMS or through different kinds of messaging platforms, it's, of course, super hard to get their attention. I have two Gen Z kids myself. And I always tell a story about how both of them came very close to messing up their first year of university registration because it didn't even occur to them to check their email to find the information. And if they're not checking email for something that important, they're not checking email to see an invitation to do a survey. A hundred percent, they are not. (laughs) They have very little interest. So I'll take a little segue here. I'm a big fan of Ray Kurzweil 
And he talks about the future and talks about movements of now really looking at AI and we're moving to what he calls a singularity. So I won't digress too much in this podcast enough to say was many years ago that he intuited that our mobile device really would be an extension of who we are. And to the point where we could joke in this podcast, we don't even go to the bathroom without it. (laughs) So when you talk about that natural connection about getting that off the cuff in the moment, okay, I'm not advocating for people doing surveys on the toilet, (laughs) but what you're saying is that it is more organic. It feels natural. It feels like they're still in their own environment. They have haven't been extrapolated into some false environment or created environment where now they are being asked what they think about X, Y, or Z. Yeah, we call that trying to get the person that is answering the survey out of test taking mode, that sometimes the survey feels a little bit like you're filling out a form or you're answering a test. And with that comes some sort of constraints in how they're going to share, especially if you're asking them to ideate or to think creatively, being able to bring that into a more conversational approach is really what we're all about. I love it. I love it. Okay. So now we've got you here and now I just feel like I need to dig in. So you are an expert in Gen Z engagement and specifically you're an expert on how to connect with them for the purpose of consumer insights. So what is going on? I don't even know what question to ask you, but why don't you tell me and lead the way about what are the important conversations that brands need to be having about Gen Z and how to reach them? Let's take a quick break so I can tell you about this show's sponsor. Yes, I finally wrote my book. I'm an author. It's published. It's available on Amazon. And you ask, Priscilla, how did you do it? (laughs) Are you an aspiring author looking to transform your ideas into a compelling book that elevates your brand and establishes your authority or in your industry? You're probably like me and wondering how on earth you're actually going to make that happen given all of the demands of your busy schedule. Well, I didn't do it alone. And that's the good news. But you also want to be in the process in such a meaningful way. And I know there's some talk out there about people ghostwriting books, but that's really not a good formula for communicating truly what you know and how you know it. Instead, I prefer a scribe method. And what this involves is you getting large chunks of time where you're talking one-on-one with the scribe and working your ideas out all the while a transcript is happening. And then someone can go in, refine, edit, and then present back to you what you said. So don't let your story remain untold just because you have a busy schedule. I want to put you in touch with a scribe that would work for you and see what it would take to get you further down the road to becoming that published author. Just send me a line at info at littlebirdmarketing.com and I'll help you take that next step. Give you the link to make that connection and see if this is right for you. Don't miss out on an opportunity to make your mark in the literary world. I know you have a book in you. Yeah, I think there's, I'm going to use two words that to me are at the heart of working with Gen Z's, and that's both trust and transparency. This is a generation that we very consciously taught them not to give their personal information to strangers on the internet. And we are ultimately strangers on the internet trying to get their personal information. Obviously not 
for nefarious reasons for the purposes of insight, but they don't have enough context to understand what research is. They don't have that memory of being phoned during the supper hour by some nice lady that wants to ask you some questions on behalf of a toothpaste brand. They are bombarded constantly by requests for input and feedback, which for the most part goes ignored by them. And trying to think about how do we create an environment that feels trustworthy, where they know that it's safe to share their information? And then how do we create transparency that closes the loop that's in a little bit of a different way for them? And I think when we think about those two concepts really broadly, and we can talk about specifics if you want, those are the two things that really I try to keep in the forefront of my mind whenever I'm working with Gen Zs. So what is going wrong then? Let's start with that. What's going wrong on trust and transparency? I think that the sort of classic clinical approach to research that's unbranded, where you don't know where the information is coming from, where the incentive program can feel like a little bit sus to use. Even my 10-year-old was telling me something was sus yesterday, that you have to work a little harder. I don't think we're working hard enough to change the way that we talk and the way that we try to find connections with this younger generation, just expect they're going to follow along with the way that everybody else has always done it. So it's the wrong channel. It's email. It's probably the wrong format in terms of a web-based, next-next kind of form-based survey. There's probably something formal. I was listening to Eileen's podcast with you earlier today. Eileen Campbell is the chair of our board. And she was talking about this sort of on a scale from one to 10, this is for sure a generation that doesn't think that way. And so it's changing how you go about asking questions, even to that extreme. Oh, I love that. So even the question is wrong. (laughs) So tell me about what it looks like when it's done right. Obviously, you are working with winning brands. You're helping them understand where they need to take their business next. And it's not just with Gen Z. That happens to be your expertise. But the rival group really is working with leading brands, getting these insights from people in the moment. But when it is done right with Gen Z, what are you hearing? What are we hearing or how do we do it? Yeah, both. I'll take both, actually. Okay. I think when you're doing it right, it is things like letting the individual know whose research it is and forming a much more legitimate connection. We really encourage our clients to use video. What is it? TLIR, too long, did not read. What you can express in a 30-second video. This is a generation who really have been raised on this idea of sort of short form video. So why would we not as researchers lean into the idea of using a short form video to talk a little bit about, here's the business problem we would love to help you solve today. Let's pull back the curtain so that you can actually see my face and see who it is that is interested in gleaning this information. But definitely is part of finding them in the right place. We have a ton of success recruiting Gen Z's using social media. It's the place that they are. Everything from Instagram, Facebook. Yes, there are still Gen Z's on Facebook. They got bored during the pandemic and it was another place to go. Or whether that's in Discord channels or Reddit or all of those avenues or places where we're finding where this generation is. And so recruiting them in that space works really well and is really important. And then not trying to pretend to be them. 
there's this sort of sense of you need to have this sort of try to have this Gen Z cool. They see right through that instantly. So it's okay. It's okay for me to be a 50-year-old researcher trying to get information from them, as long as I am reasonably transparent about who I am and what I'm trying to do. On the flip side of that, you get really great. They're This is a very smart generation. They're very thoughtful. They have a great understanding of the world, things around them. They care passionately about the brands that they're engaged with. They're quite thoughtful. And when you do it right, they record terrific videos. We use a lot of video is a big part of our methodology. I have so many terrific videos of young people in their homes, in their bedrooms, walking down the street, talking about issues that are important to them. Everything from their opinions on Gay Pride Day to their opinions on a new release of a laptop or a piece of technology. They're really willing to give the information. It's not that they're not willing to participate. It's just that it's you have to get them hooked on, you have to break through that initial challenge that we have with finding them and getting them on board with the process. I imagine along this way, it's got to be pretty fun working with young people like this, because you are getting them in a moment where they can really express themselves. So what are some of those great experiences you had? Yeah, we have we work with a whole bunch of media companies. One of my favorites was during the last presidential election, we were working with a big media company, and they were really trying to understand it was less about who you're going to vote for. But they were also trying to understand what the experience of going through the election what that was like. And they were able to ask some questions instead of how do you feel? I feel on a scale from one to 10. They were able to ask questions. Let's see if I can just pull it right off the top of my head. If this election was a trip, what kind of trip would it be? Is it a trip to the dentist? Is it an acid trip? Is it a family vacation? Is it a trip to a place you've never been to before? A question like that. And then, of course, with the follow-up of why, really netted out some really interesting insight into how young people were feeling about the election, about the kinds of media coverage, about potentially voting for the first time. I think that's a really great example of how you can have a little bit of fun with it in order to cut through some of the noise. I really like that because this is super interesting for me personally. You and I are the same age. I have three kids in this generation. And as you're talking, I'm saying, yeah, I also have one of those three kids who is engaged with insights and is willing to provide his information, obviously, and be paid for it. But he really does enjoy the concept that businesses actually want to know what he's thinking. Just that alone engages him. And I find that pretty interesting. But with what's going on with the election right now, this may be a little bit less evergreen of content, but it is interesting to see how the next generation deals with what you talk about, that trust and transparency. Are you seeing different behaviors about that around the election or even around other maybe more taboo topics? Definitely. There's something interesting in this ability to hand over the microphone and say this brand is listening to you, where you really are getting a kind of feedback that I haven't necessarily heard before. And you're right. The idea of trust and transparency cuts through. I think that's true for research. It's true for brands. And I think it's true for educators, anyone that's engaging with this particular audience, that understanding that both of those two things are important. I don't, I must admit, I'm certainly not a pollster. I come from a family of pollsters, but so I can't make any prognosis of how they are thinking about the election specifically right at this very moment. But I know that we will certainly see that over the coming months 
as more and more brands start to turn to asking questions about politics and that this methodology works really well. And it's the same with having, we've had brands that have really dug deep into trying to understand how young people feel about gender and the great gender debate that's going on. Same thing that you get extremely, I've had young people show me their surgery scars in videos and talk about in tears how important brands attention to gender politics is like there really is this willingness to be quite raw when the microphone is handed to them mm. that I don't see in older generations. I do love that. Okay. Well, as a thanks for giving us the insight and really just that key of transparency, trust, how key this is, obviously it's important for everybody, but this is the key that unlocks the Gen Z door. But just as a thank you for providing that insight to us, Tell us about some of the technology at Rival and why why choose Rival right now over your competitors? Yeah, sure thing. I think that it is this sort of pioneering of this conversational approach that we find is what's really working. The idea that you can, all of our platform has been built in such a way that SMS is our primary method of conversing with people. By the way, that does not turn off the boomers. They show up in SMS just as fine as the Gen Zs do. You're using that SMS as your delivery mechanism. The survey itself is sometimes we call it a chat. It's a conversational survey. It feels like messaging and as opposed to a traditional web survey. And then really making sure that it actually extends beyond just the sort of focus on the respondent, but also making sure that our reporting is as dynamic on the other side of it. The Rival Group is a combination of both Rival Technologies, which is our platform company, and Reach3 Insights, which is our super modern cutting edge consulting company. And we're being able to work across our brands, I think, is really giving our clients this really robust, very dynamic kind of insight at speed and cost, or what is it, cheap, fast and good, that can really live up to trying to find that trifecta of excellent value for the money, very quick and very iterative. You have to be there in that people just have incredibly busy lives. And so tapping into the technology that feels most natural to them just makes a lot of sense. But at the end of the day, these brands really need deep insights. It can't be sacrificed. So it's very cool to see technology that is bringing those two worlds together. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us, giving us a little bit of insight into this upcoming generation. Even with those of us who have kids in this generation, sometimes we're left scratching our heads. So it's good to see what they're doing and how they're beginning to engage the world. And certainly we need their help to shape it. It's ultimately going to be directed by what they're passionate about and what they'll tolerate and what they won't tolerate. And so I think for insights, it's such a worthwhile conversation. Fantastic. Thank you so much for having me, Priscilla. From all of the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.